We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Roadwire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen joined uh, back again as James Anderson, I guess I should say. Uh, James, you politely rejected my request to talk about All-Star Weekend. Um, I kind of figured you would go down that path. If there was ever an All-Star game that you, of all people, who is not really an All-Star person in the first place, if there was ever one that you wouldn't pay attention to, I would, I would guess that it was this year's. Yeah, I, I mean, I was also sort of like on vacation during it and uh, just, yeah, did not really catch my attention uh, a whole lot, but I, I did see some highlights. Yeah. I'm sure you saw it today too. It was the lowest rated all-star game ever, or at least in like modern TV numbers. It's not surprising at all. Again. Yeah. Yeah. You're partially responsible for that. So <laughs> uh, the reason I brought you on, I want to play a little, would you rather uh, I came up with a list here of just kind of general NBA would-you-rathers, uh, some of them pertain to players, some pertain to teams, some of them pertain to bets. Uh, so we'll just kind of rifle through those. If you don't if you don't want to answer any of the questions, just hit me with a pass. We'll move right on. 
Uh, but we'll try to get through as many of these as we can in you know 30 or 40 minutes. And then if we have time at the end, finish out with a little bit of prospect talk uh, as we look toward conference tournaments this weekend. And then, of course, the NCAA tournament next weekend. But number one on the list, James, would you rather have LaMelo Ball or John Morant for the next five years? Man, uh, that's a good one. I think that's that's yeah, the question that's on everyone's mind. Yeah, um, a lot of people have been asking really, that. Recently. Really, the the big question I think in the NBA right now. Um, yeah, will those two be traded for each other? <laughs> uh, I think I would take. I think I would take Ja, mm. but it's uh, it's really tough. I mean, I think Lamelo almost. I think he's almost easier to fit on any team and i think he's maybe a better uh playoff piece like if he kind of hits his ceiling than jai is but uh just kind of seeing what Ja did uh last year with that that grizzlies team uh, even more impressive in terms of lifting them in the regular season than what LaMelo's done with uh, this year's Hornets team. And, I mean, they're both so fun to watch. Uh, I mean, Jaws really, really fun to watch. Um, I, I think LaMelo's size is what kind of makes it really close for me and LaMelo's defensive abilities. Like, he... I mean, he, he'll get beat plenty, uh, but he, you know, when he's really dialed in, he can he can make a lot of plays on that end of the court. And Ja is is kind of more of a, a one-way player, but I'll go with Ja just ever so slightly. But I I reserve the right to change my mind in like a week. This is really surprising. I honestly thought this would be an easy Lamelo for you. You've been as high on him as anybody. Yeah, but I I think you gotta, you know, you gotta. I mean, maybe it's just me trying to not get too carried away. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I did pick, you know, when we were doing our all NBA teams for like five years from now, I had Ja on the first team and LaMelo mm-hmm. on the third team. So, um, you know, I mean, LaMelo has been even better than he was when we did those, uh, especially right. lately. But um, I mean, it's, it's super close. I, I, it might just come down to which one of them is the more, reliable three-point shooter right and, well and right now that's ball by a mile but that could also fall off at some point i mean Morant is shooting 23 percent from three on the year that that yeah. to me is, a, is a pretty big concern yeah i mean it, look if you want me to say lamello i can say I, look i i think i'm gonna say lamello i, I went in when i wrote this question i had Morant in mind and when i started doing the comparison it's like i i think I don't know. Like, I, I think Morant is maybe underrated as a passer. Like, he's averaging more assists per game than Ball. With, that's kind of all we talk about with Ball. But I think Ball is super underrated as a shooter. And Morant is probably a little bit overrated as a scorer. Um, I mean, he had those two huge games early on. And then the injury happened. And he went, like, 10 straight games without even scoring 20 points. And, and that's not everything. But the shooting percentages are, are concerning. And I all think right. when you just... If you just look at their rookie seasons, like as great as Morant was last year, I think Lamelo's had a better rookie year than Morant did, right? You've you've swayed me. You've swayed okay. me. I'm I'm coming over. I I mean I I got to do it for my guy. Uh, yep. I don't want to be an anti-Ja guy by by any means, but um, I think this is more pro Lamelo than anti-Ja. Yeah, yeah. I, you swayed me. I'm gonna go. 
I was like 51-49 Ja. Now I'm 51-49 Lamella in the span of 30, 30 seconds worth of uh, evidence from you. <laughs> okay, this is an aside. I don't actually have this as, as part of the script here, but where does Zion now factor into this? Because I think a couple months ago, I had said that I would take Morant over Zion. I have now definitely flip-flopped on that. Um, where, where are you at on Zion relative to these other two guys? Like if you are if you had to rank them, you know, one through three uh, as assets. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this. I think, I think, I think I'd go Lamelo. Um, I mean, I, I just I think Zion's got just such a low floor, like for the physical stuff. I mean, I know it's been a really nice run, but still wouldn't be at all surprising, probably to anyone, if there was some sort of big injury uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. And and like he's kind of one big injury away from like you sort of worrying about it affecting his career, mm-hmm. whereas. Uh, like Lamelo could have a major injury, but I don't think anyone would be worried about it affecting yeah. his career. Um, and I think, I mean, I think Lamelo. Like I, I keep coming back to sort of the defense. Like Lamelo just makes he makes plays on defense, and um, yeah, I mean the shooting. Like Lamelo is just such an easy player to build around. Like you, you've seen it. It took the the Pelicans some time to kind of figure out what to do with with Zion, and now it looks great. Uh, but he's he's still sort of a challenging player to to build around. Like you, like Lamelo, you could put anyone around him, and he's going to make them better. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't need the ball at all times. He he can uh, close out games. I think what what he did against the Suns a few weeks ago to just kind of single handedly beat them with scoring down the stretch. I think that really sort of opened a lot of people's eyes. Like this is more than just like a, a really good passer. Uh, this is the guy that can go get a shot at the end of the game. So I, I think I'll go, I'll go Lamelo there. Okay. Yeah. The physical stuff with Zion is a good point. I mean, the other two just, just simply don't have the bodies that you're worried about with that. Who would you trust of these three to be the biggest difference maker for a title contending team down the stretch? Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Oh man, um, not really a would you rather, but you, you know you get the gist. Uh, I guess I wish I could say I'd seen Lamarcus play much this year. I have not. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this one. I I think pass. they're all kind of. I think they're all guys that are gonna be pretty big negatives when they're out there for you in a in a playoff series so i like i would take i would take jeff green over all three of them oh my goodness okay well i should have included jeff green i to me it's drummond by default because i don't trust aldridge physically he's looked terrible this year he's basically played like 25 minutes um i I think there's been some disagreement between he and, and the coaches like the spurs coaching staff as to you know where he's actually at physically but he's looked bad i mean we've talked about blake i i think that I don't think the Blake thing's going to be a disaster for the Nets. I just think it's going to—it's not going to matter at all. I don't think he's going to help or hurt them. So, like by default, I feel like there's a chance Drummond could go somewhere, and, and you know, just because there's so many center needy teams or just needing some sort of depth. Like if he can just give you even 10 good minutes out of the 20 that he's out there, I feel like that's going to be more than than Aldridge and Griffin could offer. Yeah, but he—I think he, of those three, he's the most delusional about 
how good he is and that like that's the last thing you want in a playoff series is a is yeah. someone who is trying to do stuff they shouldn't be trying to do um like i i just worry that he would like because he's not a he doesn't defend anywhere close to his physical abilities like mm-hmm. i think you put him against any good offensive center and he's going to get worked and you can't really play him against non-true centers and if he gets the ball on offense like have you seen some of the stuff he's tried on offense, like where he he gets the ball kind of like 18 feet from the hoop oh, yeah. and just kind of goes into his like ISO game? It's it's really bad. So yeah. uh, I just I just wouldn't trust him. I, at least with those other two, I know that they're not going to do something crazy. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. That's what I've told people that have asked me about Blake. It's like, look, he's not gonna he's not gonna gonna magically be back to averaging. 26 and six in Brooklyn. But like, I, I think he at least has an understanding of, of where he's at at this point. Like, I, I don't think he's going to kill them. So yeah, I, that's a, that's a fair answer, especially for one that started with a pass. Um, I believe earlier this season, you were on record saying that you would take the Lakers over the field. So as of right now, would you rather bet the LA Lakers to win the title or bet the field? And that field of course includes the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, I would take, I would take the field. I I hope when I said that Anthony Davis was fully healthy. He was. He was. I believe I believe he was. Uh, yeah, that that injury is is kind of scary, and I think they've got, and probably and since then I think it's also become clearer that some of the pieces they brought in are just not uh, not guys that are going to help them mm-hmm. win playoff series, and then you get kind of into. Like, what are they going to do in terms of moves? Like, I mean, are they willing to just jettison Montrezl Harrell somewhere for, like, a Trevor Ariza type of player? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's all of a sudden looking like a pretty shallow roster. And Anthony Davis, like, when I said that, I thought I was going to get 2020 playoff bubble version of Anthony Davis in the playoffs. And now I'm not confident in getting that player at all. Yeah, I mean that's almost exactly what I would say as well. The Davis component, I'm I'm more worried about the injury and how long that's going to linger as opposed to what his mindset, you know, is going to be. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think if he if he's 100 percent in the playoffs, I'm not worried about him, you know, not being yeah. there. But yeah, I think him being out of the lineup, like immediately went from like, wow, this Lakers team is so deep. They added all these guys, and suddenly for whatever reason, you take away Anthony Davis and all those guys just started to look like a shell of themselves. You know, I mean, Marcus all completely washed up. That that one is not that big of a surprise. But like Anthony Davis is out of the lineup. Montrez Harrell's still playing like 21 minutes a game. That that's kind of shocking to me that that he's not able to be on the court for longer than that. And I think the Lakers knew his limitations, but I think there may be he's maybe even a little more limited than they thought he was, you know, when you're playing against him. I think it's different than playing with him. Wes Matthews is on year 2 of being completely washed up. Um, you know, Schroeder's been fine, but like you said, their only real option at this point is to kind of try to sell somewhat high on, on Taylor Horton Tucker, who some teams still like, or kind of sell, sell medium, I guess, on Kyle Kuzma, who you signed to an extension, a a very tradable extension. But if Kyle Kuzma is the centerpiece of whatever deal you're making, I mean, who's the best player you're getting back from him? Like, like a PJ Tucker type, you know, that's not going to go get you a borderline all-star. Yeah, and they, yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be tough. I, it, Rob Polinka's got his hands full, uh, which mm-hmm. is not not a good place to be. 
No. Well, that's this is what happens when you have to sign the KCP extensions and you you get the the post LeBron friends title bump. Like things dry up pretty quickly from a money perspective. The Roadwire NBA podcast is brought to you by Gamer Saloon. Gamer Saloon is a video game tournament platform where you can play video games for real cash prizes. All major consoles and PCs are supported. Our most popular titles are NBA 2K, Madden, FIFA, NHL, and Call of Duty. Gamer Saloon launched in 2006 and since then has awarded more than $75 million in prizes. Players could play in multiplayer tournaments or simply play 1v1 games from your couch for real cash prizes. Withdrawals are fast and easy, and they're directly deposited right into your PayPal account. Join a free match on us today by going to gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. That's gamersaloon.com slash rotowire, and simply pick your game of choice. All you have to do is win one match, and Gamer Saloon will give you $10. Again, gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. Win that match. Go get those free $10. Would you rather have the Minnesota Timberwolves pick, if you're the Golden State Warriors, I should preface this, you are the Warriors, would you rather have the 2021 Minnesota pick, which is top three protected this year, unprotected next year, or would you try to trade that for you know a borderline all-star player? Uh, I, somebody I came up with is like John Collins, and I, I know you're probably not all that high on John Collins, but you have to factor in the possibility that Minnesota keeps that pick this year. They're the second worst team in the league right now, and then you know next year, that pick could become a lot less valuable in the unlikely event that Minnesota is somewhat competent. So basically if you're the Warriors, how are you handling that pick? Well, the whole contract situation kind of gets complicated with if you're, if you're acquiring someone like John Collins, like what's, what's the outgoing salary there? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, they're already pretty deep into the tax as is and I, I don't think they want to get rid of like like i think wiggins and Ubre are fitting in pretty well there um yeah, yeah i don't know i mean I, I think they'd happily get rid of wiggins i don't think i don't think a team like the hawks is really interested in wiggins sure uh i i want to i want to hold that pick because they there's a less than 40 percent chance or a less than 50 percent chance like isn't it like around 40 percent or something that it uh finishes top three or that that it lands yeah, some, something three. like that and i misspoke by the way minnesota does have the worst record right now so they're they're in the driver's seat to have the best odds but yeah like you said this this isn't five ten years ago when when that yeah you know, is a lot more favorable i mean that's a if it just lands four or five like that's just a a monster monster asset and uh i mean it there are like having the fifth pick in this draft is going to be like the best fifth pick like ever at least pre-draft yeah. in terms of what people are expecting so i i would just roll the dice and and hope that you get that pick at at four or five uh you know i don't i i think that i would rather i'd try to trade like james wiseman for something rather than trade that pick for something so that was going to be my next question. Like knowing what we know about Wiseman right now, you would rather have the fourth or the fifth pick, you know, whether that, if that could turn into Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. I would take all five of those guys over, over Wiseman without, without question. Okay. All right. Looking at the Western conference playoffs, 
for, for the purposes of this exercise, I'm going to assume that Utah, Phoenix, LA, LA, Portland, Denver, and Dallas are in the playoffs. I mean, there's a, a decent chance that teams like Portland and Dallas, you know, who knows what could happen there. But with those seven locked in, would you rather bet Golden State, San Antonio, or Memphis to get the eight seed? Or another team? All right. I got to pull up my standings here. Um, lean, in, lean in Golden State. Mm-hmm. but um, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I think the... I think the Spurs are frisky. Um, let's see. So, okay, yeah, they're they're bunched up. Um, I want to say that the the Spurs had a pretty easy schedule so far, if I if I'm remembering correctly. So yeah. I think they might be. They might be playing a little bit above their heads. I know they have the, the best record of those three. I believe, uh, I'll go with the... Sorry, I believe San Antonio has 11 back-to-backs remaining, and they finish out with four games and five nights uh, to end the year. So their their schedule is as tough as anybody's from a games played in a short period of time perspective. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Warriors. Okay. I'm with the Warriors as well. I I don't know. I feel like they have, they have by far the best player out of any of those three teams. I don't think San Antonio is going to go in the tank here at all. I don't think the Aldridge thing really matters. Like he's really hasn't given them any value this year. And it does kind of feel like after a one year blip, they're back to being, you know, some of the parts basically what they've been doing the last 20 years. And, and they don't have the top end talent that they had for a lot of that run, but it does feel like some of the Spurs magic is back. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see them winning a series. Uh, I don't, I don't think they're going to knock off a one or a two seed, but for me, I think I would go in that order. Golden State, San Antonio, Memphis. I mean, the Grizzlies, just like last year, are, are still kind of hanging around, but it doesn't look like we're getting Jaron Jackson back anytime soon. They're still being weird about that. Sounds like three weeks at the minimum, and yeah. by that point, you're talking like 20 games left. Yeah. I mean, I the Grizzlies are really deep, which is helpful. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the Warriors, like, they, they had that game – like I think they're better. They're they're better than nineteen and eighteen. Like they had like Kelly Oubre was just like the worst shooter ever. Like the first yeah. couple weeks of the season, and then they had that like Draymond game where he just like single handedly cost them a win. Yeah. Um, so I I just think they're they're better. Yeah, I think if Curry stays healthy, they're they're the team, and they they probably grab that seven or eight. Uh, would you rather going forward have a core of Devin Booker, McCall Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, or Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Nikola Jokic? Uh, uh, Jokic, Murray, um, Jokic, Murray, Porter. Um, How I mean, we we it. I mean, you know, I'm not high on Ayton at all. I'm I'm not that high on Porter either, but uh, right. like Jokic is just way better than Booker and okay. I don't really see Booker catching him and I actually you know I actually might like Bridges like Bridges and Murray like I, I think it I think Bridges is my third favorite player of those right. six uh, to build around that's that's why I chose Phoenix I, I started with Denver and I, w- I wanted to find one that I thought was fairly close and yeah, yeah and I know you're a Bridges guy I'm a Bridges guy um 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you that like Jokic is so much better than anyone that Phoenix has that I think that kind of has to be the trump card. But I think I like the two and three better. Like I'm, I'm still fairly high on Aiton, um, and it's kind of a completely different type of core. But the, the, the two and three guys, I think for both are are comparable in in different ways. I mean, the Murray Murray is just such a postseason player, right? Like he's just. Like, is Devin Booker ever going to have a playoffs as good as Murray's playoffs last year? I, maybe. Is Devin Booker ever going to be in the playoffs? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I at least I've seen this this Nuggets core mm-hmm. get pretty darn close to the finals. And I mean, I, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Would you rather have the number five pick in the 2021 NBA draft or Tyrese Halliburton? Uh, the pick. Really? Okay. See, I started with number three, and then I bumped it down to four, and then five, based on what you had said like ten minutes ago. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's you're just getting so much more upside. Like Halliburton is a really nice player. I I think that that was one of the worst draft falls we're ever going to see. Uh, but you're you're getting a potential multi-time all-star at number five, like a potential third or second team all NBA player at number five. Whereas Halliburton, I think you're just getting a really, really, really nice starter, but I don't, I don't know if Halliburton's ever going to make an all-star team as, as good as he is. And like, I kind of think it's going to be either Suggs or green at five, and I'd say Halliburton has a, I'd, I'd say Suggs has a higher floor and a higher ceiling than Halliburton. And I think Green has just such a ridiculous ceiling that I'd, I'd be willing to roll the dice there. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't know. I don't know where I would draw the line here because I, I think Halliburton has been so good that even if he's never an all-star, which I, I think I would take the over on 0.5 all-star games for his career, just based on the level that he's starting at right now. I just think we've seen, like, I know this is a great draft. The chances that all five of the guys that go one through five turn into perennial all-stars I just, just isn't that good. And obviously all it takes is hitting the right oh, one no. at that pick. Yeah. But, like, at number five, like, at number one, number two, number three, I'm okay with shooting for the upside. But, like, at five, and I understand this is somewhat of, like, a double draft. Um, you know, there's just so much talent at the top. But, look, if you if you can give me a guy who's 21 years old and is basically 50, 40, 90 already – and it, you know, just looks like a complete revelation as in his rookie season. Like, I'm pretty high on Jalen Suggs, but like, is Jalen Suggs gonna look this good right away? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he will. Well, I think he will look better than this when he's Halliburton's age. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be younger as a rookie than Halliburton was. Um, True. And you know, like Halliburton is an excellent complimentary player, but those are guys. Like you can get complimentary players, um, like in free agency. Like you, you can sign a Fred Van Vliet or Alonzo Ball. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't sign a a superstar in free agency. You have to draft them, uh, and that's your shot at drafting one. Okay, fair enough. I, I guess I would just prefer the the known quantity in this situation. Last one before we get to some draft talk. Would you rather? 
And this kind of pertains to one that we've already talked about. Would you rather bet against the Lakers or the Nets to make the finals? So basically, which of those teams do you think has a better chance to not make the finals? Uh, the Lakers. I mean, I think I think the Nets are pretty much uh, pretty much a shoe in, yeah. like barring barring an injury. I think so too. I think I think it's become underrated how much talent they have. Like it, I think it's kind of insane that we're not talking about them as more of a favorite. I think people are getting there. I think like people are kind of coming around on that. Um, I don't. I think people didn't want to like disrespect the Sixers or right disrespect the Bucks. Um, but I mean, let's get real. Like, the, you know, like uh, Pat Connaughton might be in a closing lineup against the Nets in that series. Right. So like, come on. Well, for one, Durant hasn't played in forever. So I think that's played into it. That It's been a while since we've actually seen them at full strength. And we've only seen that for like three or four games. And then the other thing is, unlike these other super teams that have come together in the last decade, is they, you know, they're not relying on Pat Connaughton to be the fourth option. It's like you still have Joe Harris. You still have you know, Bruce Brown, who's looked really good. Um, they're, they're not the deepest team in the league. But like even having a competent guy like Blake now to be your seventh or eighth guy, Jeff Green has looked fine for them. Like there, it's not a complete clean out where it's just three guys doing everything, and then you're relying on a bunch of like borderline G leaguers. Like they, they still have like a pretty legitimate roster. And once you get to the playoffs and you, you're not asking Timothy Luwawu Cabarro to give you 20 minutes a night, and and the rotations kind of shrink a little bit, I, I think they'll be even more dominant. Like I, I see them just ripping through the East as of right now, at least. And the, I think the, I think the Clippers and Jazz at least and you could maybe even add like the suns like yeah. are, are going to be better playoff teams than the bucks and the sixers and the celtics yeah. so i think the lakers i mean the lakers are great they won it last year no not to take anything away from them but they're they're just more vulnerable you know i think brooklyn has so much scoring you, know, you have three of the top like six iso scorers in the league and maybe maybe one and two in harden and durant um i, I just don't see them like if, if one of those guys has an off night you have two guys to cover it and like with with the lakers if LeBron and Davis aren't playing really well, they can get beat by just about any team on any night because the supporting cast just isn't there. And, and I know there's some defensive concerns with the Nets, but I, I think before the deadline with buyouts or trades, whatever it is, I, I think they shore that up a little bit. All right, let's look at a couple guys to keep an eye on um, for the 2021 NBA draft. I don't want to go too deep. Um, I, I don't know how much you've studied up um, on a lot of these guys. Obviously, there's a lot of baseball going on these days. But where are you at on Cade Cunningham overall? I, I think he's probably been the most visible of the top prospects this year. Yeah, he's a stud. He's just a really good scorer. He's the type of player you need, like get the highest level. Uh, shooting has has really been uh, better, probably better than expected. Uh, He's got just awesome touch around the basket. He can score from like anywhere on the court and he's got that size to just, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a a great defender in the NBA, but just at that size, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a LaMelo ball type of thing. Like there's only, you can only be so bad if you're, Mm. if you're six, seven and you're active and you got long arms. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's just a total stud. I I'm excited to see, uh, what, what they do in the tournament. Um, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of that 
Kevin Durant Texas team a little bit where yeah. it's just it's just this one man show and he he's probably just so much better than everyone else that he'll probably take him to the Sweet 16 uh, just by himself. But I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how teams defend him. Like it's going to be like a, a double team trap, I would imagine. Like as soon as he crosses half court yeah. in some of these games, so. Um, I mean, the he, rest of the team isn't that bad, but at the same time, it's it's funny when you watch them, like, for a guy who's 18, 19, like, everyone else on the team is more than happy to defer to him on every single possession. Like, that, it's very clear what the hierarchy is there. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a good, like, it, it, he seems like a good uh, team player in that mm-hmm. context. Like, I mean, he's he's uh, kind of bought in, it seems, and he's... he's yeah. uh, hitting the open guy like he's he's not really forcing it a ton um he's just right. that much better than everyone else so i mean i i'm not sure if he would be my number one guy yet uh but i think he will be the number one guy just because he's got that that number one primary scorer uh yeah. primary uh ball handler uh, mold that every team is trying to acquire the size is intriguing i mean he plays center a decent amount um, I mean, there'll be possessions where he'll bring the ball up, pass it off to the wing, and then immediately go and post up, like, right under the basket. And, and he's got really nice touch. He can fade away. Um, I, I think he could add some weight. I mean, I think he's, like, 6'8", 220. Uh, looks pretty skinny. Obviously, he'll fill out, uh, I think, as he gets older. But it's super unique player because he's not, he's not a fantastic athlete by any means. He's not super no. fast. But I also don't think he's, you know, I, I, was, I was looking at comparisons today, and, like, some people threw out, um, like, Kyle Anderson, and he, he's like Kyle Anderson, but he's like 1.5 speed Kyle Anderson. Like he, it's kind of the similar size, but I mean, Kyle Anderson was moving like molasses at UCLA. And, and obviously he's found a spot in the league, but Cunningham has a, a little bit more to him. I, I do think, I, I think he's the safest of the elite guys just because he, he pretty much does everything well. He has the great size. Like you said, I think you're spot on, you know, defensively, he's never going to be a first team all defense guy. But when you're, when you're that big, you know, you can only be so bad. I, I do wonder, though, you know, I, I th- you watch Jalen Suggs, you know, you watch Jalen Green, you watch Kaminga. Athletically, those guys are on another level. And, you know, if you're not seven foot one Nikola Jokic or seven foot one Joel Embiid, it's pretty tough to be like a superstar ball handler if you don't have that athleticism. And the counterpoint to that maybe is Luka Doncic, but I'm not quite sure he's on that level as a shot creator and a passer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely more kind of Doncic Harden from an athleticism standpoint, yeah. but that and that's that's sort of why I'm not willing to kind of say like he's definitely the guy because it is it is when you have five like number one caliber guys, it is kind of weird to take the worst athlete of the five number right. one, uh, but I mean like Kaminga's Kaminga's kind of the other guy that I that I'd consider there. Um, I mean, I think Evan Mobley, I think there are certain teams that might take Mobley one just because he's a monster. Um, like if uh, if the Cavs got the number one pick, like they might take Mobley or, or you know, teams teams that aren't necessarily uh, desperately looking for that primary ball handler might consider Mobley. Um, it's, it's just going to be such a fun draft. Like the, this yeah. top five, I, I can't, I don't think there's ever been like such a clear cut like sometimes there's like a clear cut top two or clear cut top 
three, uh, but there's usually a bit more. There's, there's kind of like a one A and like one B. Like to me, there's like five one A's mm-hmm. here, and it's just going to be so fascinating to see what order they go in. It's going to be fascinating which team, like you know, which team that finishes like eleventh or twelfth inevitably jumps up to like four or five. You know, I think like Chicago last year, New Orleans has done that a couple times. Like. I mean, if the Pelicans or the Kings or even like Atlanta, you know, if any of those teams struggle down the stretch and, and they're picking three or four and all of a sudden you're adding one of these guys to that core, it's going to be crazy. And it's going to be really complicated and potentially uh, make some waves just because like you could be drafting a guy that's better, like that, that has a better long-term outlook than like De'Aaron Fox or right maybe even like trey young or something like that and like those guys like obviously consider their teams their teams and they're not they're not looking to be all right. of a sudden the second best player on on their teams uh by a guy that's never played in the league before so it's just going to be really fascinating to see how it unfolds what do you think about jimmy butler as a cop for Cunningham? i know i know you don't really think of him as a as a wing i mean he is more of a, a ball dominant guy but when i watch him like it he doesn't remind me of other point guards and a lot of that is the size you know, I, I remember early on people compared him to Simmons because of his body. I don't really think that's accurate. The two guys that really come to mind in terms of current players are, are Butler and then SGA, kind of that that pace that SGA plays with. Um, but like those times when Butler closes games and, and is the primary ball handler, like the way he stops and starts, the way he can back guys down, he can fade away. He's, he's not going to blow you away and blow by you and, and dunk, you know, athletically. Those that those are the two comps. And, and size wise, you know, he, he does kind of size up pretty well with Butler. Yeah, that's Butler's Butler's about as good as I've heard for a cop on him. Obviously the shooting and the defense are, are quite different, but everything else mm-hmm. does kind of stack up. I mean, well, yeah, I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna shortchange Cunningham as a as a passer. Yeah. I mean he's he's like he's better at certain stuff than Jimmy Butler has ever been and, and certainly was as a as a college player, but and and he's never going to be the defender that like peak Jimmy Butler was, but just from an athleticism and a size uh, standpoint, I think that's a, that's a really good one. Yeah. Mobley's a guy I'm going to be watching a lot this weekend. I, I think inevitably he's going to be compared to Wiseman and Aiton. I mean, maybe it's just recency bias. I, I think he's a way better prospect than those guys. Yeah. And, and with Wiseman, we just, we, you know, we didn't get a full season of Wiseman who knows what that would have looked like, but I mean, I, I, I've said this before. I think Mobley is what people think DeAndre Ayton was. I mean, Mobley does not take games off. He's a vastly better defender. He averaged like three blocks a game. He was averaging four blocks a game for like a 10-game stretch in the middle of the year. I mean, he is every bit the athlete, if not more, than Ayton. And and I think he's already more comfortable doing more offensively. I mean, Ayton has kind of turned into this like 1998 center at this point. And, and I think we thought he would have more to his game. And I don't mean to bash DeAndre Ayton, but he went number one in a draft that he shouldn't have gone number one in. And I don't think Mobley goes number one, but he's going to be, a, a, I think, a huge bargain wherever he ends up. Yeah, man, he's he's really fun. Um, I I just, I, I want as many of these guys to go to good organizations that know what they're doing as possible because I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about some of these guys maybe having their careers altered by them just landing in a terrible spot um evan mobley mason plumley front court <laughs> uh yeah well 
I mean, Detroit's a Detroit's a great spot in the sense that from day one it would be clear whichever of these five guys went to Detroit that like this is the guy. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> I, I would think so. What <laughs> what do you what do you think about uh, like for in terms of comps like? Jalen Green to me is is kind of fascinating because he's just such a such a ridiculous athlete and scorer. Like I do I do kind of get the like rookie year Kobe Bryant vibes with Jalen Green a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he's going to be that type of winner or that type of defender. But uh, I mean, in terms of a guy that can just fill it up. Uh, that easily and is that type of nuclear athlete like it's just it's tough to to think of one yeah i hadn't seen that but i i I don't mind it i mean the problem is you can't if you're writing or on a podcast you can't be like nba comparison kobe bryant you know like that's just not like it's just not an option unfortunately and and you're pretty much going to get destroyed if you say something like that but it's i mean the guy might go number one in the draft kobe went what like 11 13 something like that i mean it i don't think it's that crazy and I don't know. I mean, you're going to hear like Donovan Mitchell when you just start looking at measurables and athleticism and, you know, kind of that one, two guard type of player. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a better athlete than maybe both those guys. Like, I, I guess I don't remember how, how wild of an athlete Kobe was early on. I guess like when I think of Kobe, I, I don't think of him as like a Vince Carter type of athlete. But I mean, is that is that where he kind of was in the mid 90s? Uh, yeah. I mean, when he when he won the dunk contest yeah. and stuff, he was he was pretty, pretty freaky. Um, yeah. I mean, it, that's the, that's what's so great about all five of these guys. Like, uh, I mean, Kaminga and Kawhi Leonard is probably like the the most spot on comp out there. Yeah. Uh, but there's they're all kind of so good. Like, when the better a prospect is, the tougher it is to find a good comp for them. And right. these five guys are just so good that it's it's tough to find good comps. Uh, Green is just, yeah. I mean, he he's he's the type of guy like I think he's what people who were highest on Anthony Edwards thought Anthony Edwards was going to be yeah uh, like, like he could he could lead the league in scoring one year right he's just yeah. he's just so much more polished at this age already yeah. yeah yeah I one one cop that I did see a while back for Jalen Green is a good version of OJ Mayo <laughs> which I, I think based on the size oh, and like the hype like people forget how hyped OJ Mayo was like OJ Mayo was know, like a but, mega prospect I know but like OJ Mayo is like a like a B minus NBA athlete at his peak athleticism. Like like Jalen Green's gonna be one of the best athletes as soon as he gets into the league. OJ Mayo legitimately peaked as like a sophomore in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. Uh, is there anyone else in the tournament? Um, now that you know the G League season is already wrapped up, we might not see much of Suggs and Kaminga um, you know, for a while now. I, I don't know what they're gonna do between now and the draft, but. Anyone else that you're looking forward to watching? I know, like James Booknight at UConn has been really fun. Gonzaga has a few guys. Um, Suggs we talked about. Corey Kispert, you know, maybe going to be a mid-first round kind of shooting specialist, Joe Harris type. Uh, Scotty Barnes at Florida State. Is there anyone else that I'm missing? Uh, well, yeah, the, the, those two Gonzaga guys. Like I, I, Kispert would probably be my pick at number six right now just because oh. of, of his floor. Like I, I just – like if you're getting – Joe Harris I like I'd rather have Joe Harris at six than any of the other guys I haven't I haven't done too deep a dive on on that sort of second and third tier but uh, I mean I think Kispert's just a guy who 
is probably going to get underdrafted because people are going to be like, well, we know what this is, but I, I think he's, he's going to be just a knockdown shooter. And um, like, I, I think I'm going to pick the Zags to win the tournament. So I'm going to be watching a ton oh, of yeah. Zags and um, like Jalen Suggs. I think it's, it's funny. Uh, I think people that really follow college hoops closely, like just assume Suggs is going to be like a top three pick. I mean, I think he's probably the most likely guy to go fifth right now. So, but but with like a monster tournament, he could right. push himself into that conversation to go number one. So I, I think that's just going to be really interesting to watch. Right, and that's the thing with with Kaminga and, and Green, they're really they can't really do a whole lot you know, outside of you know I, I'm sure there'll be some sort of like private scrimmages between now and late June and you know combine measurements and things like that, but they don't have the opportunity to lead a team to the final four and put up 35 points in a, in a sweet 16 game, you know, or something like that. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I have to say, I haven't seen much of Moses Moody at Arkansas. Um, I mean, I've seen him listed in a lot of top tens. That, that'll be a deep dive for another time. Um, I am still fairly high on Jalen Johnson, uh, a, a Wisconsin kid who, who went to Duke and obviously got killed for leaving the team the, a couple weeks quitter. ago, but the quitter. Yeah. Well, just the quitter. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that like every time I watched him at Duke, I was like, this guy needs more space. Like he, he's not a great shooter and he's like, he looks like an NBA player physically already. He's insane athlete, pretty good passer, great rebounder, kind of does it all. But just, I think he's one of those classic guys that like just will be better suited for the NBA game. And I don't, I don't know how much leaving Duke and, and their struggles are going to affect his stock, but I would be happy to take him if he's still on the board in like the early twenties. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not a big fan of quitters. You think he's gonna quit the NBA? <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna quit his his NBA team when things aren't going well. He's just gonna quit. Oh my god, that that was a horrific like three days on Twitter where everyone <laughs> felt that they had to weigh in on on that situation. Um, have you watched Desumu at Illinois? Uh, no. Okay. I I think I'm I I can. I think I can say I've watched zero. Big Ten basketball so okay. far. That, that hasn't been a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. So it's been getting pretty ugly. We got we got Wisconsin back on the board tonight, and my expectations I think are lower than ever. All right, well let's cap it here. We'll get more into draft talk uh, maybe after the tournament. We'll kind of do a, a recap of of who improved their stock, and obviously once the draft gets closer, we'll continue to dive into that. But appreciate you taking the time. Obviously baseball's picking up, so uh, I know it's not easy to always step away for 45 minutes, but appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problems, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, you bet. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.